Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is bonus episode number eight. On this episode, I have an awesome conversation with Becky Kovach of Big Picture Media. Um, she is a senior publicist with them. I've done work with Becky for the last seven to eight years, um, pretty much since she started at Big Picture. Uh, her and I have been connected in some way through the different artists that uh, she's helped to promote and things like that. Um, but yeah, in this conversation, we had a lot of fun talking about kind of what goes into music PR, how to get your foot in the door with it, um, you know, what really plays factors in how press requests get approved and things like that. Like we went into quite a few different things and it was a really fun conversation. I really enjoyed talking with her. Um, and yeah, I think it's really cool for anyone that's thinking about getting into the music industry, specifically on the PR side. I think this episode is going to be cool for, for those people. Uh, but as well, anybody that's either in or thinking about getting in the music industry and just doesn't know a lot about the process that goes into setting up a press list or, um, you know, how the pitches get determined on who gets pitched certain bands or whatever. Um, I think this episode could help a lot of people um, to kind of put themselves in a position where they're looked at for press opportunities and things like that, or to help those people that are thinking about going into the PR side um, to know kind of what to expect and how that plays out. So again, I had a great conversation with her. I'm super excited to bring this one to you guys. Um, huge shout out to Becky. She took the time to, to do this conversation. Um, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. So let's dive in to my conversation with Becky Kovach from Big Picture Media. So, um, yeah, basically what I wanted to do with this little, like, mini-series is I think, you know, I can't come up with a better name than support staff, but the support staff, you know, typically gets overlooked, um, whether that's other podcasters, music journalists, um, you know, PR teams, photographers, all that sort of stuff. So I kind of wanted to shed some light on the people, quote unquote, behind the scenes that are still very much involved in the music industry um, and are the reason that a lot of bands are able to get that spotlight and things like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So um, you are the first of the PR team people that I'm uh, doing one of these episodes with. Um, <laughs> yeah. So shout out to you. Um, basically to, to kick off, let's do like kind of the short bio thing, right? Like your name, kind of how you got started in, in music PR specifically. Okay. Yeah. Um, so my name is Becky Kovach. I am a senior publicist at Big Picture Media. Um, so I actually got started at Big Picture as an intern. So I knew I wanted to work in music. I wasn't really sure what aspect of the music industry I wanted to 
be a part of. And originally I was going to go the journalism route. I ended up interning at Big Picture when I was at college and I kind of just never left. I interned for nearly two years. And then upon finishing a junior publicist position opened up and was offered to me and I took it. And that was almost seven years ago at this point. Yeah. And here I am now. It's, it's just something that I've always done. And I had no idea what PR was before that internship, but I just kind of fell in love with the work and the fact that it is like, technically it's the music industry, like the business side, but it's a much more creative aspect of it. And as someone who can't play or write music, <laughs> I still very much wanted to like be involved. And our jobs are just being professional hype people. Like we get to make people love the music that we love. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, a pretty good way to put it is that, you know, it's, it's professional hype people. Um, so, you know, I get emails specifically from you girls over at big picture. I probably get every bit of 15 emails a day from you guys. Um, and that's not a negative thing at all because it's always so vastly different. Like the stuff you work on versus what Natalie sending me or Katie or whoever, there's so much difference that it's like, cool, what else do they have going on, you know? And um, a lot of times you and I connect on all sorts of different projects. And then following up right behind that email is one from like Katie or or Gabriella or somebody, and it's a totally different genre of music. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot of fun to be on this side even of the music journalism and see kind of that passion bleed through you guys on, you can definitely tell when you guys are hyped on, on music. Well, that's great to hear. Um, we are, everybody has their own roster and it very much reflects like each person's individual tastes, which is awesome. Um, there's a lot of freedom at the company too, to kind of bring in our own clients and bands that we want to work with. Yeah. Um, so we try really hard to only work on things that we are super passionate about because PR is so difficult as it is. If you're working on something you're not excited about, then what's even the point? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that that comes across in our emails because I know it can be a lot of emails from us, but we truly do love everything that we're working on. Yeah. And I, I think that's the the key to it is, you know, I've tried to do that with, with my site too, is like, I get pitches obviously for bands that maybe I'm not super hyped about or whatever. So it's like figuring out the tactful way to be like, Hey, I'm not really interested in that project right now or whatever. Um, because even on the journalism side, like, I could be the butcher, if you will, and just take a, a chopping axe to every single thing that, hey, I hated this and blast it. But what does that really serve purpose wise? You know, so typically I like to respectfully decline or, or whatever on something and be like, you know, I'm not really feeling this one. But, um, you know, I just told a, a PR person the other day that it's a newer artist. And I was like, hey, they're on the verge, but I just it didn't draw me in enough. I, I can't hype it correctly yet you know when they drop their next single let me know i want to check it out but it's just not there you know what i mean so yeah. for you guys i think it's probably the same on the the reverse side of that right like filtering in a lot of that type of stuff and figuring out what project is going to be something you can promote and and push with passion right um, and just as a note we greatly appreciate any feedback so even if it's something you're not feeling like getting that kind of a response is very helpful for us too, just because we want to make sure we're pitching you things that you are going to like. Right. Um, so it helps us just kind of like tailor our pitches 
better. And it also gives us something that we can show the client and say like, Hey, here's what they said about this. Like, here's why it's not landing the way we thought it would. Yeah. Um, any feedback is better than none. Right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, it is very hard sometimes, but we want to be able to give our clients the best campaigns possible and give them the attention and the love and the excitement that they deserve. Yeah. So if it's not something that we're like super passionate about, then like, yes, we could work it and it would probably still be a good campaign, but we, we don't want just good. We want everything to be like amazing. Right. Right. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you've been with big picture for seven, eight years now at this point. Um, I've worked off and on with you and Dana specifically probably that whole time, you know, between the different companies I've worked for and whatnot. Um, Talk about like, I guess, finding that puzzle piece, right? Like it it was such a good fit for you to partner with Dana and, you know, been able to to stick with big picture. How, How did that come to be, I guess, on your side? Well, like I said, I knew I wanted to work in music and I was definitely leaning towards something that's more writing intensive. Um, when I got to big picture and I realized what PR was and what like music PR was, I realized that that was a really great way to combine my love of music with my love of writing um, and to just get to write about the bands that I love all day long. Um, and I made it very clear to Dana as I was interning and entering my last semester of college, like, hey, this is where I want to be. I feel at home here. This is the best place for me. Um, and I, I like to think that she kind of felt the same way. And that's why when the position opened up, she approached me about it and said, hey, here's where we're at. Like, if this is something you want to do, let's do it. Yeah. And Dana, I mean, she's been the best mentor that I could have ever asked for. She taught me literally everything that I know and has been there for me every step of the way as I've started to take on more of my own projects, going from being an assistant to being a full publicist. And, you know, whenever there's a band that I want to work with that maybe I don't already, if I don't have the contact, she's great about making introductions and doing outreach and just helping me learn how to have a voice of my own in that respect. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, it really was just a great fit and I couldn't imagine myself being anywhere else. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the day in the life, right? So, you know, we talked a little bit about, I get, you know, 15-ish emails from you guys a day, but what's that look like on your side as far as building the campaign and kind of road mapping stuff and then the daily operation of that? Yeah, so before we start any campaign, there is a lot of going back and forth on emails as well as like doing new biz calls just to make sure that whatever clients we're taking on are a good fit for us and it's something that we can work to the best of our abilities Um, and then when we're kicking off a campaign it's a lot of gathering assets making sure that we have all the materials that we need Um, and then day to day it's sending a lot of pitches hoping that we're getting (laughs) responses back Um, drafting press releases making sure that they're going out to the right people Um, we communicate with our clients daily. So it's a lot of talking to them and just giving them feedback that we're getting from our pitches or sharing what we're doing with them daily, um, who we're pitching, who's posting about stuff. Um, We also share press reports with our clients so that they can see a more comprehensive look at everything that's happening throughout the campaign. Um, It all kind of just boils down to a lot of emails and a lot of phone calls. Right. (laughs) Especially on a daily basis, but... um, it's, we hope it's meaningful communication. Yeah. So 
for people that aren't sure how the campaign part works, what does that look like for you guys? Like, say a band's coming to you, hey, we're going to release this album. We want you guys to, to be the, the pitch people for it. What does kind of that structure look like? Is that a, cool, we're going to run it for X number of months? You know what I mean? Kind of how that plays out. Yeah, so we, when we say campaign, what we are referring to is just like the length of time that we're going to have a client with us and like what exactly we're going to be working on. So usually it'll be around a new album or an EP or sometimes bands will come to us and say, hey, we've got this one single. We really want to get a lot of looks on this. Um, can you help us? And for that kind of stuff, we'll do like a one month campaign um, for an album or a record, like a record of any sort, it'll be three months usually. So two months leading up to release date and then staying on for a month after, um, when touring is a thing, we also will kind of work around the tour dates and try and kick off about a month and a half before the tour starts and then stay on through the last date. Um, so yeah, usually it's like a monthly retainer. We are pretty good about working around our clients' needs and like what they can afford budget wise too, just to make sure that like we're not like we're not tapping them dry right. like we're, we're here to help we want to do as much as we can but we also understand that there are limitations sometimes so it's usually month to month basis though yeah and for again for people that aren't aware like bands don't necessarily have to be signed or anything like that to run campaigns through pr like this Right. Actually, a lot of our clients are independent bands that come to us on their own and say, hey, we just need some help, like getting this out into the world. Um, we are on retainer at a, a few different labels, including Hopeless and Equal Vision and Pure Noise. Um, actually, several more at this yeah. point that I can think <laughs> off the top of my head. But um, we have our hands on a lot of different labels as well. But a lot of our clients are independent bands that just need some help getting music out there. Yeah. Um, for someone that's possibly interested in coming into like the PR world, whether they're in college or whatever, what advice do you have as far as the way to look at it? You know what I mean? As far, like, I guess how to approach college, cause you, you came straight from college. How do you approach college and say, okay, I know I want to go into public relations of some sort. Is it best to do a PR degree or is there alternatives that you think may fit better? So I actually didn't study PR in college. I was an English lit major. Um, I just, I kind of fell into that. I was originally going to do a journalism major. I did not like it. Um, my school had a really good music business program um, through the arts college that I was going to transfer into and then for various reasons it didn't work out but I did all of my electives there and then my major was English lit so you don't need to do a PR major to be a publicist I think that the most important thing that you can really do is get out there and get experience so doing internships meeting people making those connections I think that's more valuable than anything yeah I would agree with that and I've said that about like the music journalism or I do the photography and stuff you guys know that so like I get people asking all the time, well, did you go to school for photography? Nope. I actually have a degree in computer applications and programming that I don't even use at my day job. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, as well as anyone that the best thing you can do is just get out there and do it. Yeah. I think especially, you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or, or kind of redirect it, but even on the music journalism side, so like me running my site, things like that, getting out there and doing it 
and proving yourself to those PR people is more important than cool. How many people work at the, the website? You know, like I'm a single, single entrepreneur. So just me at the site currently. And it's like, but that doesn't matter if the traction's there and things like that. Don't be scared to ask basically is what I'm, I'm getting at there. <laughs> yes. Don't be afraid to ask. Absolutely. Um, I very much feel that like you need to be your own advocate, like shoot your shot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that, you know, a lot of people when concerts were a thing, um, you know, feels like forever ago now, but (laughs) people would see me like in the pit doing photography and they're like, Oh my God, how do you get started? And mine started with literally, I reached out to Ray Roldan back in like 2004 over at Raby, um, PR and was just like, Hey man, I think I'd like to do this. I don't know if I'm going to be any good or any, you know, like just laid it out there and he took a shot, gave me a press pass and, and photo pass. And here I am 16 years later. So yeah, that's that sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the cool thing with you guys, especially over at big picture, um, is I don't think you're afraid to take those chances. Um, and what I mean by that is I've seen, you know, when I transitioned out of the bigger company I worked for into my own website, like we obviously had some relationship anyway. So you guys kind of knew what I was going to do. But like, even though I went from a literal, you know, it was examiner.com and AXS to my own thing. So clearly I don't have the same traction, but it was still like, yeah, we know what he's going to do though. And we can make that work for what we need. Yeah. And something that we really try to stress, especially with our clients, is like, it's not always a numbers game. We'd rather go for quality coverage than, you know, sites that have bigger traction, so to speak, that don't necessarily put out as good of content. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, the numbers look good, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be a good piece. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I've said that before on different things for like, especially in the podcast, I've talked about like Instagram, everybody's chasing, I have to get a million followers or I have to do this. I have to do that. Well, cool. You got those numbers, but if those people aren't interacting with you or, or supporting your art or whatever it is, what does it matter? How many of them are there? Right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, um, with big picture and the campaigns you've gotten to work on, talk a little bit about that evolution from the kind of assistant up through the the ranks and some of the, you know, name drop, some of the bands that you've been able to, to work with and projects. Um, yeah. So when I started out as an assistant, I was working with two different senior publicists at the company and it was a really great way to just kind of learn how a publicist works and to learn, you know, different ways of staying organized and staying on top of what's been pitched, what hasn't like prioritizing things that need to be done. Because when you're working with, you know, eight to 10 different clients, you really need to be able to time manage properly and give each client the attention that they need to make sure that their campaigns are a success. So working as an assistant was really great for that and just kind of figuring out what the best way for me to work was because everybody's different. Everybody thinks differently. Um, So getting to see those different ways of managing everything was really helpful. Um, And then 
eventually, like I said, I became a publicist. I started taking on some of my own clients. And, you know, at first it was a lot of just like, hey, here are some of the bands that are coming into big picture. Like, you're the new publicist. Like, you're going to work on these regardless of, you know, if it's your favorite band or not. Right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're fine. Um, can I go? Can I go get yeah. that? Yeah. Sorry. You're fine. Um, so it started out, it was a lot of just like things being assigned to me, which was great. I got to find a lot of bands that maybe I wouldn't have heard otherwise. Um, and bands that like I've really grown to love and have become some really good friends over the years. So like I worked with a band called Hungover, who I'm still incredibly close with, even like five years after the fact. And uh this band from Long Island called Figure Eight, that's this incredible, like emo indie punk band that again are bands I would never have listened to otherwise so I'm really grateful for that Um, and then over the years as I got more confident got more comfortable I started reaching out to bands that I just was a fan of and saw that they didn't have a publicist and like I said always shoot your shot so I've been very lucky over the years with bands that I've gotten to work with including like I'm currently working on I'm the Avalanche's new record and I've worked with Bayside a bunch over the years and Senses Fail, the early November Simple Plan, like bands that I grew up with and am still such a big fan of and are kind of a huge part of the reason of why I wanted to work in music in the first place. Um, So it's just been really cool to be able to kind of give back to those bands. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, for me, it's kind of similar. The reason, one of the reasons I got into music journalism was I wanted to to interact with these artists that I'm going and seeing shows for and, and whatnot anyway. And like when I reached out to Ray, I'm a diehard yellow card fan. So reached out mm-hmm. to Ray and I was like, is there any chance, man? And he's like, yeah, if let's, you know, let's start you out on some other stuff. They don't have anything going on right now anyway. And, you know, worked my way up. I interviewed and, and photographed yellow card probably, 10 or 12 times over the, you know, the, the time that I've been a music journalist and had sit downs with Ryan key and, and just all sorts of amazing opportunities that, like you said, it's kind of that shooting your shot. Like how often without paying for the VIP access, am I going to get some, some time with an artist? And that being said, like, I don't think anybody needs to get into either of these, uh, you know, professions with the goal of, oh, I'm just going to be friends with a bunch of bands. Right. And that's something that has, it's something I've had to kind of not like learn over the years, but just something that is always in the back of my mind is like, yes, I love these bands. I am such a big fan, but first and foremost, like I am a professional mm-hmm. and I'm here to do a job and I'm here to do it well. Yeah. Um, that's something that I've always been very careful to kind of stress as I'm working with these bands that I love so much and I want to do a good job for it's just like okay we're here we're here to do a job we're here to work right <laughs> not just freak out over the fact that we're connecting phone interviews for you know Anthony from Bayside or Buddy from Sense Fail or right. whoever right and I just brought that up with uh, Jacques Lamour from the Pop Punk and Pizza podcast he was <laughs> the other one I've done uh, for this series so far and we were talking about that like if you went through my phone. I've got a lot of tour managers and a lot of artist phone numbers that like they're in there semi strategically. So most people wouldn't even recognize who they really are. Right. But at the same time, like we were talking about just like, you have to turn on the professionalism that 
they're not your best friend. You're not going to text them at 2 a.m., things like that. Like, right. this is a responsibility that you have this opportunity. Right. Um, talk a little bit about, I'm going to put you on the spot for this one. Talk a little bit about, uh, Dana and her work ethic and, you know, she built big picture from the ground up and you've been along for a good portion of that ride. What's all that been like to kind of witness? Um, it's been very cool to see the company grow in the time that I've been at big picture. Um, so like I said, I started interning in college, which at this point it's been eight years or so since then. Um, and the company just celebrated its 13th anniversary. So like you said, I've, I've been around for a good portion of the company's history. Yeah. And when I started, we were a company of, I think, like six people. And now we're around 10. So, you know, the growth is definitely there. But also just seeing the way that the roster has grown mm-hmm. over the years has been really awesome. Um, Dana, you know, I, I said this before, she was the best mentor that I could have asked for. And she's taught me literally everything I know her work ethic is absolutely insane. Um, it's, it's so funny. She loves like a late night work session after the kids are in bed, she'll be online. I'll be getting emails from her all through the night. And part of me is like, why don't you just go to sleep? But then part of me just, I I admire that so much because I know that it comes from a place of being excited about her job and being excited about what she does every day. Right. And that's something that I try really hard to emulate in my own life. Um, And it's so hard to explain to somebody who doesn't work in music or work in a job like PR where it is very much like a 24 seven job. Yeah. Um, But it never, it, it never feels like work because it's something that we all love so much. Yeah. And I think that's a good point is a lot of people don't realize that. And I'm sure it's different for every PR company and every journalist, but I treat mine kind of like a 24 seven job. Like you've obviously gotten emails from me back at, 11, 12 at night or whatever, or 6 a.m. Like, yeah, cool, let's do that. Um, You know, and I think that's something that should be addressed is that, you know, people may assume, oh, well, PR is like advertising, so it's like a nine to five job. And that's not the case, especially when you have artists in different time zones or, you know, obviously other parts of the world, like you guys work with Rude Records out of Australia and and the UK, like, That's not the same deal as, okay, 8 a.m. and in New York, we're fine to pitch stuff. No, you're right. not. <laughs> right. It, yeah, it's insane. But, like, especially when bands are on tour and stuff, like, it could be Friday night at midnight on the East Coast and a band's touring on the West Coast and somebody's trying to get into a show that they were approved for and the ticket office doesn't have their photo pass or whatever yeah. and you have to text the tour manager and say hey what's going on here like there's no saying oh i'll get to this on monday like you just have to take care of it yeah yeah and i i try not to go that route but back in the day like i i definitely had that uh, from time to time i don't think i've ever had it with you guys now that i'm really thinking about it but i had one that was a a band that was on a major label i was approved for the show the um Ticketmaster, or not Ticketmaster, Live Nation was the venue. Uh, and they're like, well, we don't have the list yet. And I'm like, okay, fine, you know, whatever, waiting around. They finally get the list, and then they turn around and decided, apparently, without the band's knowledge, that um, the main act was going to have their set recorded. So they denied every other photographer, even for, I was supposed to be there for the opener. The tour manager's like, can he come in? Like, 
I'll escort him in to shoot our set and escort him back out. And they were like, absolutely not. So there's, you know, dilemmas like that where I reached out to the the PR person at that time. And I'm like, hey, this is what happened. I'm not going to have any photos for my coverage. Just wanted you to know. And obviously she was upset, but there's nothing she can do about that either. Right. And like, that's always like our least favorite phone calls to be getting or things like that, where it is like very much out of our control and there's nothing we can do to help because we also, we want to get you into that show. We want you to be able to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, luckily I've never had that with you guys, but (laughs) if the day comes, you know, that tours come back, I will let you know for sure. (laughs) Please do. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about a little bit on the, the tour side. Again, obviously it's not happening right now, but setting up for people that don't understand, you know, I've been doing it, like I said, for like 16 years now. So I kind of understand the process of a press list, but talk a little bit about like what goes into, you know, depending on the market, deciding a press list at that point. Yeah. So usually we'll have a limited number of spots per city and it can kind of vary based on what market you're in. Um, You know, larger cities like New York or LA where there's such a big music scene and also so much industry, it can be a little bit harder because a lot of times labels are coming out or management or booking. Um, So usually we're given just a set number of tickets and we, you know, take all of those requests that we receive and we have to make them work within the ticket number confines. Um, and it, it's never fun to have to be the person to be like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Our list is completely full at this time, but there, you know, there are times where we have to hit people back and be like, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like I I unfortunately can't sing this right now. Um, but you know, we always try to do our best because, you know, we want people to be able to come in and see the band and, and cover the show for their sites and, We want to help kind of encourage those budding photographers that maybe started their own blog and don't have a big readership yet, but they've got talent and drive and passion because we know that those are the people that like are going to champion the band and do their best to make sure that everybody is listening. Yeah. And I I think, you know, that's, that's one of the things for, for me that I learned pretty early on was rejection is a very common thing in the music industry. Um, But I hate the term grow, you know, don't be soft, grow thick skin, whatever. But to some extent you do, you just have to realize it isn't a direct shot at you. It's there's something going on industry wise, right? Like whether it's a limited number of tickets or, you know, whatever the case may be, there's very rarely is it, I just don't like that person. So they're not getting a ticket. Right. And a lot of times it's not even coming from us, even though people seem to think that publicists are the ones that hold all the power, but everything that we do has to be submitted to management and management are the ones that ultimately, ultimately make the decision. So a lot of times we're just the messengers and we kind of have to deal with whatever decisions are handed down to us, but um, it's actually management who makes the call. Yeah. And obviously it's no guarantee, but the more you work with a, an individual that plays a factor into press listing as well right like if we know okay for me for example like we know josh is going to write a ton about bayside and this is what he's going to put out and all of that we want him he's going to be floating towards the top of the list versus somebody that well they really write mostly about metal like how do they fit into this Mm -hmm. bayside show right 
um, yeah, that definitely comes into play when we're looking at, you know, press list requests, um, just knowing that the coverage is going to be good coverage. And it's not somebody who, you know, covers pop music that wants to come to a punk show. Like, they're not necessarily going to be able to write a good article because they don't necessarily know the scene as well. Right. Um, so yeah, that definitely, you know, if we know a writer, we know a photographer, we know their work, that is definitely a huge help on our end. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about how COVID has messed everything up. Um, you know, we were talking before we really started the, the conversation about our jobs and working at home now, but like in the music industry, how much of a delay and impact has that had, you know, on album releases and changing the direction on how you guys are pitching and things like that? Yeah, it's been hard. I mean, we had so many tours that were planned for this year that got, you know, fully canceled or postponed till next year. Bayside was supposed to have their 20th anniversary tour, which was going to be huge and simple plan and newfound glory. were going on tour together. Um, you know, a lot of bands that were supposed to drop albums decided not to because they don't want to release new music until they can tour. But at a certain point, we don't know when touring is going to come back in full. So how long can you keep delaying? Yeah. Um, it's a shame for bands that did release music and weren't able to get out there and play shows because I know as a, as a fan, one of my favorite things is getting to hear new songs live. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been hard. And, you know, with bands, especially touring is how they make their money. So if they're not touring, even if they are putting out music, they're not making as much as they could be. And it does make it harder to keep going as a band because you need money to keep going. Like you can't record that new record if you don't have income. Right. Um, so it's been hard. Yeah. Um, I've, I've brought this up a couple times through the podcast where we've talked about similar situations. Um, I have a buddy, MC Lars used to do warp tour all the time you guys know him um and he used to joke and he's very serious about it but he used to joke that he's a t-shirt salesman that happens to make music because that's where his money comes from is being on the road and selling t-shirts mm -hmm. yeah not being on tour is it makes it a lot harder to sell merch too like you can have online merch stores but having to deal with shipping and all that does put a dent in profits yeah um so it's just, it's a whole trickle down effect that it just makes it harder for everyone to keep going. And hopefully we'll see a vaccine sometime soon where we will be able to get back to some level of touring, even if it's not full capacity shows yet, right. but just to at least get bands out there and give people a little bit of hope. Yeah. And I think, you know, certain venues started doing kind of those drive-in shows and stuff like that. And they work you know, for what they are, but it's, it's obviously not the same energy and it's not what the type of music that you and I like, which is the pop punk and, and punk, like that's sitting in a parking lot in your car is not going to work for those types of shows. Right. And I don't know that like the drive-in shows are super sustainable, even for those larger artists. Like yeah. they are cool one-off events, but to do a whole tour like that would be so hard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, logistics of it and even just trying to figure out, you know, I can't think of even a large artist that I would want to sit in my car or sit by my car and Me neither. and watch. So um, I agree. I don't think they're sustainable. And as much as I love, love the live stream thing, I don't think that's a sustainable thing long, long term. 
again, as a here and there type of one-off thing, yeah, sure, but you're not going to be able to, hey, every Friday night for the next six weeks, we're going to do live streams and expect to have great turnouts on it. Right. Yeah, it, it's all very hard. And, you know, like live stream was a big thing, especially when COVID first hit and everyone went into lockdown. But I feel like even that has kind of petered out a little bit where people are not necessarily tired of it, but I'm not going to see five or six live stream shows a week. Right. I'll probably pick like one or two favorites and stick with those. Yeah. And it's, it's a different experience, right? Like, yeah, rocking out in your living room is cool and all, but I'm still rocking out in my living room. So it's not the same energy. Um, right. It's not sitting in a whole room of people all singing along to the same songs. Right. And and that's where, you know, I talk a lot about community and that's where you make the scene came from is, is kind of that community aspect where no matter what genre you're a, a fan of, like that fan base is a community. Right. Sitting at home or in the chat of a live stream just isn't really it. Right. So um, let's talk briefly about if somebody was interested, I, we kind of touched on this. If somebody's interested in, in going into PR, is there a, a method? Is it, how do I want to word that? Is there a method that you would recommend as far as shooting the shot, right? So do you recommend researching their, their fan base or their uh, roster and almost doing your own pitch about what they have on the table or kind of what's that look like if you were in the hiring position? Um, well, I know for us, you know, with hiring, we definitely look at people's resumes. We want to see that there is at least evidence of being interested in music and, and PR in general on your resume through past clubs or internships or things like that. Um, being familiar with our roster is also a really great thing. So if somebody were to, you know, email us with a pitch about themselves and how much they love our bands, that would definitely catch our attention. Um, I don't know that there's any right way to go about it though, beyond just like having your resume ready to go, having like recommendations or references ready to go. Um, I think showing creativity and reaching out for a possible position is always appreciated and it makes you stand out from the crowd. So like anything you can do beyond just like, Hey, here's my cover letter and my resume, like would love to chat about a position. Like anything you can do beyond that will make you stand out. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's a good thing to, for people to think about is that, you know, even for an internship, you have to show that there's interest and it's not just, Oh, I just need the college credit or, you know, I, you're, don't be timid about it, I guess is what I want to say with that. Like, right show that this is where you want to be and that's going to catch more attention than, Hey, I think this might be what I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, speaking like from personal experience, I run the internship program at big picture. So I'm involved in a lot of the hiring process and doing interviews and stuff like that. And the people that stick out to me are the ones that are clearly excited about the position and clearly want to be doing it because it's something that they think they might want to do, um, when they get out of school. So just being able to show that passion is so important. Yeah. Awesome. I think that's everything I have for you, but I'm going to close it out with two questions, but it may be the same answer for the the, uh, questions. So uh, what we're going to do is I'm just going to lay them both out there and you can answer it how you want. 
being NPR, music PR specifically, what PR nightmare do you subconsciously or like secretly want to have been a part of? And then at the same time, what one are you so thankful you never were a part of? So like the one that came to mind for me when I was coming up with this question for you was immediately 2007 Britney Spears, like the meltdown, the shave head, everything. And it's like, ooh, could I have spun that or? That is is actually the first thing that came to mind was the Britney Spears meltdown. Um, I would would love to have been a fly on the wall in like the meeting rooms of people figuring out how to come back from that. Um, Crisis PR is something that thankfully we are not super well versed in. It's not like that's not what we trained for it's not what we do um but i am so so fascinated by crisis pr just as a thing because it is so vastly different from from our jobs right um and like i said i would love to just like been a part of the team that had to deal with britney spears shaving her head yeah like i mean you're taking someone that is an icon and then just immediately it all falls apart and you're standing there going, what the hell do we do? Like, how do you fix yeah. this? So, Yeah. Um, that also might be the one that I'm thankful that like, that I you're not a part never of. have to worry about. Yeah. And that, that's how I figured that answer was going to go. Cause I was like the Britney Spears thing, not music, but I get, well, kind of music, I guess. Lindsay Lohan's meltdown. Mm-hmm. And then like, I guess from a controversy standpoint, like Lady Gaga's meat dress to some extent, but she spun that kind of herself into, I don't care. This is what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. I feel like with Lady Gaga, a lot of what she does is controversial just because there's always going to be people that don't like out there that don't like what you're doing. It's not quite the same as like a meltdown or some kind of like, allegation or charge or something like that yeah i would agree with that i think you know the the big difference um like you said the the crisis side of pr is so much different than hey we want you to check this out you're spinning it to hey don't focus on that one thing right so awesome well i appreciate it becky that's everything i've got for you what would you like to tell people um you know whether that's kind of just what we've went over or, you know, what are you hyped on? Is there some bands, you know, obviously you and I are doing a lot of work on some stuff, but are there some bands Mm -hmm. and stuff people should be paying attention to right now? Yeah. Um, well, just for starters, if you think that you might want to go into music in any way, shape or form, like just do it. If you are super excited about something and super passionate about it and you put in the work, people are going to take notice. Um, And, you know, there's always a way to make it happen. So don't ever feel like music's too hard or the music industry, like there's no way to get into it. Like there is a way in, you just have to find it. Um, And then in terms of just like bands, I'm working on so many cool bands right now. (laughs) Um, I really love Icon for Hire. We just announced a new record is going to come out in February. Um, I'm working with a band called Run River North that I absolutely adore. They're so good, so cool. Um, We just announced that they're going to release a record in February. Um, I'm working with the 
lovely Juliet Sims. She just dropped a new EP. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for other things from her in the future. Um, this wildlife, we just dropped a new single. They are going fully independent with their new music. Um, so keep an eye out there as well. Um, yeah, that, that's like a, a lot of the bigger stuff that I'm focusing on at the moment, yeah. but I'm excited about all of it. Yeah. And I'm sure we're going to have, you know, some coverage for you as well. You and I've kind of talked about a couple of those already on, you know, whether it's podcast album reviews, things like that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future, uh, you know, as well with the roster that you've got, but, um, I appreciate your time, like I said, and, you know, hopefully live music can come back and I can bug you about press list spots and stuff like that as well. Fingers crossed. <laughs> right. Please someday soon. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, Awesome. I appreciate it. Have a good night. I know you're probably getting ready to do dinner. I'm getting ready to go grab dinner myself. So, you know, enjoy. And I'll uh, email you back in a little bit about those last things you sent me before we started this. Yeah. So cool. cool. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that was my conversation with Becky Kovach from Big Picture Media. Again, huge shout out and thank you to Becky. Um, she always pitches me some of the best stuff, uh, so bragging on some of her roster like she did, you know, she's got a lot of, like, Bayside, I Am the Avalanche, Icon for Hire, you know, a lot of the bands that you guys have seen us, including on Weekend Waves and, um, you know, doing album reviews or quick little posts about things like that. Um, big picture has been one of our biggest supporters, um, as far as, you know, pretty much, I'm not even going to say pretty much, I guarantee every single day minus the weekends currently. And even that's not a, a guarantee. I get emails from big picture. I'm going to say every day, um, you know, the girls are great over there. They truly love what they do. They have so much passion about the projects they're working on. And yeah, it's, you know, a lot of fun for me to be able to support those artists that they're trying to support as well. And Becky and I share a lot of the same music tastes. Um, so when she sends me pitches, it's usually somebody that I want to do work with anyway. So that's always a plus. Uh, but even when it's not somebody I'm familiar with, she mentioned uh, Run River North. I had never heard of that band before. Becky got a hold of me, and they've now made Weekend Waves. They're, you know, on the radar for sure for future podcast episodes and things like that. So, um, the again, the work that Big Picture does for their clients is absolutely outstanding. I think that anybody that's interested in getting into PR, this episode hopefully helped you um, kind of give an idea of what goes into it, what to expect, and how to, to pitch yourself for internships or job positions, you know. Um, and obviously... I, if you have any questions that you think I can help with, 
drop me a line, um, you know, leave a comment or whatever, and I'll do what I can to to help field those questions to some extent. Um, I may not know all the answers, but I may be able to get you pointed at the right people. I think that's everything for this week's episode. Uh, I do want to say thank you guys. We are coming up on the first ever inaugural You Make the Scene Awards. Um, So we're going to have the 2020 You Make the Scene Awards coming in December, so just a few days away. There will be the voting opens on December 1st and runs until December the 15th at midnight. So I'm going to give you a true 14 days worth of 15 days worth of uh, voting. And we're going to have a a ton of different genres. I say ton. We're going to have 10 different areas for you guys to vote. We've got album of the year, artist of the year, weekend waves track of the year for different genres, um, podcast guest of the year, and obviously more. So really want you guys to take part in that. Um, And, you know, we've been so blessed with the amount of support that we've received over this last year. Looking forward to doing it much, much longer. Um, we've got new designs up. If you go to youmakethescene.com slash shop, you'll be able to pick up new hoodies and, and things like that. Um, and as always, you know, stay posted with our Facebook and Instagram specifically, you know, like, share, follow, all that. Um, that's a huge help for us. Plus, that's going to be the best way for you to stay informed on what podcast guests we have, what, you know, merch is coming out, who we're supporting, you know, if we've got any special guest type stuff coming up, things like that. It's going to be posted there first. Um, I'm not going to take you out with a song simply because Becky works with too many artists that I absolutely adore and I don't want to pick just one song. So, um, no song to, to leave you guys with today, but as always remember to take care of yourselves, take care of each other and you make the scene.